Welcome to the Bars and Tone radio program, an in-depth look at the news and issues facing AHECTA members today. Now here are your hosts, Hal Meeks and BJ Tarian. And it is summer, and we are here on the Bar and Tone, Bars and Tone podcast. Hello, I'm BJ Tarian, and of course, Hal Meeks is with me. Hey, Hal. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I guess we could have used a better song than Kid Rocks all summer long, but it is summer. It's it's. Wait a minute. That can't be. That, that sounds like Werewolves of London. Wait a minute here. Yeah. Well, it's another edition of Bars and Tone. The 20th anniversary AHECTA conference going on this week. Making waves with campus video down in Clearwater. We are unfortunately not in Clearwater. We have new student orientation. It's the way it goes, right? We're in exciting Raleigh, North Carolina. That's right. But we also have some pretty exciting guests, too. Donna Liu, Director of New Media Services for Telview Corporation, and Daniel Karazik. He is the Community Media Evangelist for Tightrope Corporation. We have never had an evangelist on the show. We are going to have one today. Can I get an amen? That's that's right. We're going to be talking about digital signage. So students coming into colleges now, they're digitally native. They've grown up in a digital world. They're used to constant stimulation and instant gratification. A successful digital signage needs to be easy to use, simple, handy, convenient to grasp in minimal time. And that's easy for the viewer. But how about on the back end? What's needed to run a digital signage platform? Okay, so what you need to be able to do it is uh, several pieces of technology. Uh, first of all, of course, what you're going to need is some sort of display technology uh, for uh, your customer face. And the, the one that's used most often you see in retail is uh, the LCD panels. Right. Okay. Um, another way to do it uh, is to use display technology, use projection, uh, using short throw projectors. And you'll see these used in storefronts where what you'll do is you'll use a semi-opaque uh, surface and then you'll rear project on this surface. So on the surface of the, uh, uh, the surface of the storefront window, uh, you will see, you know, some sort of interactive display. Um, and in fact, now they have a holographic film where you can suspend film uh, inside of a retail establishment, so the, and then project against that film, so it appears that the image is basically floating in midair. On, on top of that, you also have uh, cable systems that are used for displaying infographics as well, and that's something that we, we're very familiar with, of course, with Hector. And then wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to the hologram. So you're saying we can do digital signage holograms now, like Tupac? Yeah, in a manner of speaking, sure. Because what you what you're doing is you're using a, uh, a semi-opaque film that uh, you basically then project on, and and then what happens is that the image appears to be floating, uh, floating in space. So we can put an image of an iced Java latte floating in space, a giant size one, up anywhere on campus. Yeah, absolutely. Digital signage. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, just, cool. just look it up. It's uh, just Google it. It's uh, you know, it's it's a real technology. I've seen, I've actually seen it demonstrated. It's it's it is fairly uncanny. It's not completely it's not completely convincing because uh, it is a projected image, and so you can it is not three dimensional. So you don't lose you lose that illusion. But from a distance, it is kind of striking to be able to look up and you just sort of see this image kind of hovering in space now did you go get the iced java latte after you saw this no i'm a i'm a i'm a a dark roast uh straight up uh coffee guy myself i'm not even a coffee we're getting off the subject right 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 so yes so now what else is needed 
Okay, so um, we've talked about, I was talking about the cable system and talking about that's another, obviously another uh, place that you would use uh, a, a, dis, you know, a digital signage system. Another one that's used is actually using an iPad or some other type of tablet. And where you see this being used is um, in uh, basically where they take tablets and they may attach them to the wall next to a, a room. And so what happens now is you can see a schedule for what events are going right. to be happening in that room during that. the day. So that's a very clever use of a off-the-shelf technology to do digital signage. Okay, obviously, to make all this stuff work together, you need some sort of networking. And typically what you're using is uh, either, of course, a wired Ethernet uh, you know, network. Um, but, of course, you can also use wireless as well. Um, in the case of uh, some signage systems, uh, if you're just displaying images and text, you know, it's relatively lightweight. It doesn't have a lot of demands in terms of bandwidth. So, obviously, you can use a wireless system like, uh, you know, uh, you know, a typical Wi-Fi based system would work, um, you know, as well as potentially you could use uh, an LTE cellular network to do this as well. The um, the next piece that you need is something to manage your content, some sort of account, content management system. And uh, basically any digital signage system that you look at, this is going to be a key component here, is the this is what you're going to see as a content creator in terms of making your uh, content available through these different signage systems. So, it, so choose wisely. Make sure you have an opportunity to take a look at these systems and make sure that the user interface makes sense to you because um, they can be fairly complex, okay? And you are going to be looking at these a lot in terms of updating content, adding new content to your digital signage system. So this is, your, this is going to be your face, your window into the system. Okay, and uh, the what again? As I was mentioning before, with this with this technology, uh, the now the trend is towards uh, these systems being managed through a web browser, as opposed to using a piece of software that would run on a computer that would then talk to your content management system. So that's another key uh, key component. There is you. Um, I would really urge you to look for a system that uses a web management. Uh, uh, system. And then finally, of course, you need your content. And the content can come from a variety of sources, obviously, uh, slides, uh, JPEGs, uh, PNG files, uh, things like that uh, can be displayed in these systems. Uh, you typically now have things where you can do display web content, right. uh, like web pages, things like that. You can also do RSS feeds for like ticker tape types of stuff, you know, like the stock market or sports scores or things like that, um, or like feeds from like weather or things like that Other as well. Other dynamic content. Right, yeah. right, right. And then, of course, also embedded, uh, embedded video content. Um, you know, uh, movies typically they're in uh, Windows Media, but um, more often than not, also MPEG4, uh, H.264 content, and that gets played inside of a window as well. And so you have a lot of flexibility in terms of being able to mix different kinds of media together in this type of environment to build really dynamic, uh, engaging digital signage systems that can be used for a variety of contexts. And a lot of the content management providers that you might choose to go with your players. Uh, have partnered with third-party groups to offer some of that content, offer video, offer news. Sometimes it's an extra price, uh, probably more times it's an extra price, uh, but you can get a lot of content doing it directly that way. Now, there are 
three broad categories for application for digital signage. Hal, talk a little bit about these categories. Okay, so the three that you're um, you're primarily going to see, and there is a little bit of overlap between these, is uh, first of all is of course cable and broadcast, which is going to be near and dear to a hectare. But um, and these are your, these are uh, you know your info slates, your uh, your channel community channels that you see on cable channels on cable systems. Okay, so that's one particular, one particular category you can see for digital signage. Another one you're going to see is public venues. Um, you know, and this can be, for instance, outdoors. This could be a church or an auditorium. And so you're using a digital signage system um, to provide, you know, information about a public space. Um, the third uh, category, and again, there's a little bit of overlap here, and we've already touched on this a little bit, is retail. And, of course, retail, as you mentioned before, includes uh, going to a fast food restaurant and all the signage is now, you know, based, is digital signage, which allows them to switch menus from their breakfast menu to their lunch menu to their dinner menu to be able to update their menus to provide uh, information about featured items and things like that as that gets pushed out. Um but also, you know, um, these these types of displays, as I mentioned before, are used in retail. Um, in, um, you know, digital signage you see on storefronts, you know. Um, and also, like, for instance, I've seen real estate office, offices, basically, where they'll just take a large uh, LCD display and bolt it to their window. And then you can basically, as you're walking past, see uh, properties are for sale. So um, these are all particular, these are all ways of digital signage. So it is... Uh, a broad and very pervasive technology that's now being used for a variety of purposes. And talking about digital signage, signage, Wendy's took away the uh, mozzarella chicken sandwich. That was my wife's favorite. It was costing me a fortune. So in one respect, I'm glad that they took away the mozzarella chicken sandwich. However, every time I went into Wendy's, there it was on their digital signage that was rotating through uh, between that and their coffee. I don't know if you've seen their coffee thing. But anyway, great use of uh, digital signage. And, and Telview is one of the players in the digital signage uh, area. And with us now is Donna Liu, Director of New Media Services for the Telview Corporation. Donna, thanks for joining us. Thank you for asking me on. So what types of uses do your clients find for digital signage? So most of our clients are peg stations, public educational and government access stations. And their use of digital signage is different from, say, in, you know, an airport or a hotel where it's in the lobby. What our stations do is use digital signage to complement the rest of their channel contents. So they may be running a program and then they want to come out and do uh, 10 minutes of community announcements, weather forecasts, uh, traffic updates, uh, you know, they might want to run an RSS feed at the lower third of their screen. So uh, that is primarily how they use our InfoView digital signage, is to supplement their own cable channels. What kinds of media work best for digital signage? So uh, when signage went digital, it opened the door to many, many, many new kinds of media. And why uh, the reason we call InfoView, uh, you know, dynamic uh, digital signage for a data-driven world. And that is because uh, the InfoView digital signage can accept a lot of RSS, XML, uh, media RSS feeds that are uh, out there for the taking. So the, the, the weather updates, the traffic updates are all 
sort of traveling the internet, just begging to be uh, uh, scooped up and repurposed for a television screen. So uh, the InfoView digital signage system can take a URL, it can take an RSS XML feed, uh, it can take a video stream, or it can take video files, audio stream, audio files, and then your basic image and, and text as well. Okay, so Donna, I was on Telview's uh, website looking at the InfoView system, and um, I think our listeners would like to know how InfoView is managed and what are some of the advantages of InfoView over other digital signage platforms. So InfoView is a hybrid platform. That is, the content management system is cloud-based, and then the display itself is actually a piece of hardware um, that hooks into your monitor. And these talk to each other. So the advantage of having cloud-based content management, as you know, is you can access it from anywhere in any sort of browser window. And you can hand out user roles to different people in the organization to contribute different bits of information. Um, and then the hardware itself, the player, is what feeds your monitor. And those will be connected to the Internet, and then you would push all of the media, the scheduling information, the design information from the cloud down to the player and have it display and schedule on your monitor. Um, the advantage of having the hybrid system is that once that information is all in your player, even if you were to lose Internet connection for some time, it would still play because all the content is is there. So that's the basic workflow for inter in InfoView. And, and you had said earlier it can take a lot of different RSS feeds and whatnot. So a lot of it is you set it up and then it takes a little time to get it all set up, but then once it's set up, a lot of it can run itself. That's right. So for our new InfoView users, there's a fair investment of time in really the look and feel, uh, setting up your templates. And then within each template, you can uh, add, so you know what an XML uh, feed looks like. It has these uh, categories, and you can add a title here, and you can format it in red or, you know, large type or Times New Roman or whatever. And then you can add your description field with a much larger field. And then once you have it set up the way you want, the information itself will refresh without you having to touch it again. Um, and that's the beauty of using uh, RSS and media RSS. So our, our weather forecast, for example, includes attractive graphics with the sun and the rain and the lightning and everything. Um, and that is, uh, you put it on your template once, and then it will simply pick up the latest weather forecast without you ever having to go back to it again. Another advantage of this is that if you are, say, running a community, where you yourself don't want to update everything. Let's say you have a library with an interesting speaker series. Um, the librarian themselves, you can give them an account, and they can simply update the information. You've already kind of designed the template for them. And then that information, once they hit save, will update on your screen saving you a lot of work. Now, you can help uh, settle an argument here for us. You said you can do Times New Roman. Can it do Comic Sans? Because Hal and I yes, have been... It can. It, it, it can do Comic Sans. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, Comic Sans is, uh, is a force... That's you're big right. on your school, on uh, your campus? It's, it's uh, big in this office, but absolutely. that's as far as it goes. Absolutely. Think, right? 
Yes, I have a T-shirt. It's just Comic Sans on it. So <laughs> what do you see as the future for digital signage? So I believe that the future of digital signage and the future of video and television are all going to meet at some point in the not-too-distant future. So, you know, if you look at TV now, you'll see news running across the lower third. You'll see what's coming up next. You see all kinds of signage popping up on your TV. And conversely, if you're watching videos, it's, you know, particularly, you know, Facebook video or one of these, you know, new viral videos, you'll see there's a lot of signage popping up on the, the video. Now, InfoView is basically a signage system that will allow you to take in video. So if you wanted to, your InfoView display could be very, very dynamic. Um, and I think it's just going to become more and more like that until eventually there is some kind of universal content management system that will simply be able to handle all the moving pictures as well as the flipping text and the motion logos and uh, it, it'll it'll just be a challenge for the creators to design a, a message that's clear on that platform but I do think that's the future of digital signage. Like so many things it's all about convergence. I know we see it with a lot of different areas that we work in video and television, and mm -hmm. the same exact things are happening there. Uh, so if we wanted to find out more about the Telview products, including the InfoView, how could we do it? So there's a lot of information available, including a knowledge base at Telview.com. You're certainly welcome to go browse. Uh, there we also have some long-form webinars, training videos, etc. If you wanted to contact our sales team, the email is sales at Telview.com, and the Phone number is 800-885-8886. Um, and, you know, any, welcome any questions from your audience. 800-885-8886. And unfortunately, though, the website is not in Comic Sans. <laughs> it's a shame. We can arrange to have a page for you. That's right. I appreciate that. We've been talking with Donna Liu, Director of New Media Services for Telview Corporation, Donna, thanks so much for talking with us today. Thank you for having me. And it's all about convergence, like we talked about. Donna, talking a lot about the Telview InfoView, which is uh, a digital signage player from Telview Corporation. Right. And one of the things that Telview is doing that um, all the companies are now uh, are doing is I mentioned before about the pieces that you need for a digital signage system. And there's one piece that I sort of skipped over that I want to take just a moment here. And I'll talk about how Telview is doing it and uh, also how other companies are doing this as well. So in Telview's case, uh, first of all, as I mentioned before, you have to have a content management system. And Telview's is cloud-based. Um, now, on the client end, you use some sort of display technology, as I said before, but you have to have something that connects to that display. And what Teleview is doing is they use a dedicated PC. Now, it, this comes in a variety of different form factors, as Donna has outlined, uh, including a, um, including be a, a, a basically a small, uh, small PC that's basically nothing more than a stick. Um, that um, basically can be used to display lightweight content. But all these systems do provide um, the ability to use some sort of client on the that is actually talking to the content management system for display. And Donna talked about, and we, we have talked about the convergence, OnSign says there are other trends in digital signage technologies, including some interactive digital signage that displays content based on your previous actions, which, as you know, 
uh, that gets that's kind of worries me a little bit because that's essentially it's taking your preferences and displaying, for example, a personalized menu based on your previous choices. Uh, artificial intelligence is coming to digital signs, uh, data analysis in real time, and the ability to do more self-service. Uh, for video and cable systems, digital signage can be a part of a larger presence. Uh, we've talked about some of these content management systems. And of course, moving to more dynamic content, like Hal was mentioning earlier, where you pull in weather, traffic, and social network feeds, and you set it all up ahead of time, and then you just don't worry about it. You kind of forget it, and then the content automatically updates. Uh, video streams, where you can stream live video onto your video digital signage, which we do some of that here, uh, and we also stream some to the web. Uh, content partners, like, partnerships like we've talked about, where other third-party providers partner up with your content management provider and give you content that way. Uh, multi-zone signage, we haven't really talked about that, but from a single application, you can have uh, digital signage specific to a certain area on your campus or on your cable system. Uh, and then, like you were talking about, moving to the web, talk about how the web integration aspects of digital signage have changed things. Okay, so again, just to, I'm going to reiterate uh, some things here. Um, first of all, um, the on the content management and uh, a lot of these systems now are using uh, are managed through a web browser. Now, again, in the case of uh, Teleview system, it's a cloud-based system, so you are not running any kind of content management system hardware on your campus. You're connecting to a remote server through a web browser that is then storing and managing your content for you. Some other systems, uh, you do actually own and manage the content management piece. Uh, hardware yourself, and that is uh, and that is something that you put in a rack somewhere on your campus. But again, um, this is managed through a web browser, and um, for this content, and um, you know um, the other piece of it is I was mentioning before on because of HTML, um, you know, has basically and JavaScript, and uh, you know uh, the standards for digital videos such as H.264 MPEG-4 video. Um, a lot of these uh, display technologies are leveraging that. So, for instance, uh, embedded web pages, RSS feeds, uh, again, file you know file standard format uh, video, the same kinds of videos that you might use in a YouTube video or something like that, are the same kinds of videos that are going to display on your digital signage system. So, in a way, web standards have fueled the same types of things that you're now seeing used in a digital signage system. And We've been doing this for a while now, and I remember one of the first digital signage systems that I had. The software was PC-specific, and it was PC. It wasn't even cross-platform. And it came on a 3-inch disc. Was it 3-inch or 3-and-a-quarter? What was it? It's 3-and-a-half-inch three, it's three, three disc. 3-and-a-half-inch. Okay. Came, the software came on a 3-and-a-half-inch disc, and it was uh, connected to the player via a modem. So anything that you had to push out had to be on that specific computer in the office and then it took, it seemed like forever, especially if you had a lot of content to push out, uh, to get your message out there. It made it really difficult for emergency uh, notifications and things like that. So we have come a long, long way from uh, from that and now being uh, things going to the web. At the, uh, at the Apple Developers Conference, Apple was showing off a technology which has been around, kicking around for a few years now. But Apple is, is getting to integrate it into all of their mobile products, their iPad and iPhone. And this is uh, augmented reality. Mm. And uh, 
and they're they're making a big move in this process. So the thing that they were showing at the uh, developers conference was a uh, technology that um, basically you take an iPad and you basically uh, point it at a table. And what you see on the table are animated characters in a town and things like that. It's basically like a tabletop game. Um, but you're basically seeing it through your iPad. And as you walk around the table, the display changes as if you were the, 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 it was actually on the table. So the point of this is that this same type of augmented reality technology is going to be used for digital signage. So as you take a phone and you point it at a storefront or you point it at something like that, you're going to get an overlay of information about that storefront. So if you're down, so if you're in a town, an unfamiliar town, and you walk down the street and you see a restaurant, you point your phone at the restaurant and suddenly what pops up is basically information about the restaurant what are the specials today what are their yelp reviews on the restaurant itself Hours. yeah okay you know what's the wait time uh, for a table for instance and so this is all digital science just basically being uh, delivered by the um, you know by the restaurant itself. Do they have the mozzarella chicken sandwich? Do they have the mozzarella? That'll be Absolutely. In there? Okay, good. Absolutely. You know, as opposed to the Asiago chicken sandwich was a that different thing, either. which was a different thing. Do you remember their cold cut thing that they had that was on that? Uh, I can never remember how to pronounce the bread. The focaccia bread or whatever it was. Focaccia. And, yeah, that's it. Everything's I, better with focaccia. Yeah, I'm that just, that was a good sandwich. Don't have that either. Uh, you know, just like everything is better when you stick cyber in front of it. Yes. You know. You know, like Cyber Milkshake. Absolutely. Much better. <laughs> and joining us now is Daniel Krasik. He is the Community Media Evangelist from Tightrope Media Systems. And we've never had an evangelist on the show. First of all, thank you for coming. Hallelujah. To talk about the title. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, Tightrope's a unique company in that it's probably the only company that actually comes out of the world of community media. And uh, my role in the company, uh, more so than just being a, a traditional salesperson, um, is working with the, the larger world of community media. So I, I help all the end customers directly, uh, work with the dealers, uh, you know, kind of connect people to, to tech support or, or different things. But since the role is a bit more um, more of along the lines of a technology evangelist than uh, traditional sales, uh, the title changed a number of months ago. So describe the Tightrope digital signage system. Sure, yeah. Let me tell you about the company real fast. So uh, the company is called Tightrope Media Systems. And it's about 20 years old uh, this year. It started in 1997. And it's, uh, as far as I know, the only uh, corporation to come out of educational television channels. Uh, it was students who had been operating channels in the Twin Cities created first a digital signage system to put on the, on the cable channels that the, the middle school and the high school had running. Uh, you know, put the school lunch menu and things like that up. And then also automation for, um, for running the television channel. And the signage side, um, because it was started in 1997, uh, we were the very first uh, digital signage company to ever have a web interface. Oh, and so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So 20 years later, now that digital signage is a huge industry, there's flat panels everywhere, we're considered the titans of the digital signage industry because we were the first to have a web interface, one of the longest running. A lot of other companies went under during different recessions when things, you know, slowed down for them. And we're, we're, we're one of the, the most established companies in the digital signage world. Okay, uh, Daniel, what kinds of media work best for digital signage? Sure. So, um, you know, digital signage can be a mix of different things that are going to be seen on the screen. So you can have still images. Uh, you can have um, things that are moving, like crawls uh, or video. 
um, a lot of folks are actually incorporating video and audio, and they'll um, they'll they'll mix in video that that mixes in with the the stills, and then they can attach audio to individual slides, or they can do background audio. Uh, the biggest thing that people, though, have really embraced is dynamic content, showing stuff that's updated automatically from their Facebook page or their Twitter page or the weather. And there's even now ability to do interactive if you want to just load HTML so that people can have a, a map to get around the building or, or see something in that way. So you, you've seen, you've been this, doing this a lot, you've seen a lot of the changes. How, mm -hmm. What are some of the things that have changed that you've noticed? You've mentioned bringing more dynamic content in. What are some of the other things you've seen over the years? Sure. So um, it used to be that digital signage was only being put out in kind of limited applications and only a, a small number of screens. Um, now that the cost of televisions has fallen and uh, people are um, distributing this in, in much broader uh, applications, uh, we're seeing you know a lot more screens going up. We're seeing school districts put screens in every classroom. Um, we're seeing them pass live video to all the screens. So whereas they might have before just uh, ran a television channel seen on the cable system, now they'll encode that into a live stream and they'll put that in a window of the signage. So the signage is showing television and all the time in one section, kind of like in the airport if you go and they have a screen showing television and then other data. Um, we're starting to see that happen a lot more, I guess, especially with school districts. Um, and then I guess the other thing that we're just seeing a lot of is just uh, with the falling cost of, of the screens, we're seeing a really large fall in the cost of the hardware for signage itself. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because in the past, um, you know, it was something where you had to run it off a of hardware we built, and those things cost, you know, $1,000 for uh, the physical hardware for these Windows computers. Um, nowadays, they can be run off of a hardware that costs a third of that, and actually, we just made an announcement uh, related to running it off a of hardware that costs about a sixth of that. So um, that's really driven the cost down, which is driving, you know, applicability. Sure, sure. Okay, so uh, tell us what's required to display digital signage. Sure. So um, there's two things. Um, well, I mean, I guess there's more than two things overall, right? But there's the, the, the physical installation that's happening on site. You know, each place you're going to see a sign. So that's going to be a monitor. That's going to be something that is um, providing the content to the monitor. That's usually a separate box, although um, now that we work with BrightSign, we're starting to see a, a new model of, uh, of platform coming out where the BrightSign is inside the monitor itself. So in that case, it's actually just a single monitor. Um, that's one half, the thing that's in the field. And then the other half is the server side where you, the end user logs in and puts the message, designs things, says when things are going to air, and that one server interface um, would control, you know, all the hundreds of players that might be out in the field. Um, and that server side is where you're, you're operating the software and you have the different accounts and you, you give different people different permission. And, and you mentioned BrightSign there. Can you talk a little oh, yeah, bit sure. more about the, the tightrope integration with BrightSign? And also, I know you've got a new thing coming mm -hmm. out with Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, happy to talk about that. So um, first I'll talk about BrightSign because we've been working with them a, a longer time and have a pretty established um, installation base with that already, um, although we did make a big announcement related to that. So with BrightSign, we've been controlling their higher-end uh, players for um, maybe about two years, um, and then we just at Infocom announced that we're now controlling their lower-end players, the less expensive BrightSign players, so now we're able to control their whole suite of, of products. And who BrightSign is is the world's largest manufacturer of digital signage hardware. 
Um, one company that started and then kind of split into two, essentially one founder, one half became the home consumer, and that's the Roku boxes, if you've ever used one or seen those in the store. The same company took that, you know, engine, and they built um, industrial-grade hardware designed for running digital signage. And every month, BrightSign sells more um, digital hardware players than we have sold in 20 years as a company, just because they're the world's largest uh, player in the space. And, and they came to us. Uh, they've got all these hardware devices that work so well. They have their own software, but their software um, is really for changing the whole screen at one time, not about changing just one segment. And it's not web-based, and it doesn't have granular control and ability to give uh, different people access and, and block different people out of different things. So uh, they came to us, and they said, could you make your software drive our players? And about maybe a year, year and a half, two years ago, we started. And now, um, because that hardware is so much less expensive, and instead of being a full computer, it's just a, a small appliance with an SD card. Uh, we're, we're deploying, you know, hundreds of those at a time. Uh, we're moving on now to, to the Apple TV for a minute. Um, obviously, we're still going to be deploying mostly with BrightSign for industrial solutions. But Apple TV has a, uh, a advantage in that they can be remotely managed by a company called Jamf. And that's the company we're working on this as a partnership with. And Jamf does managed IOS deployments for school districts and colleges, and you know if there's a uh, or corporations if they have 2,000 uh, iPhones and they need them all remotely updated or wiped or applications installed, Jamf handles that. So now, if a school district wants to put in um, an Apple TV in every classroom and have it so that a teacher can be you know projecting to it with AirPlay, but if there's an emergency, they can override it. Uh, they can do that, and not only that, if they get a new one they want to place, they just buy the Apple TV from Apple, and because it's connected into the Jamf account and it's connected to our software that way, once they take it out and they plug it in and connect it to the network, it'll automatically install the app, configure itself. So it becomes a completely no-setup-managed solution. Any organization wants to deploy 5, 50, 5,000 Apple TVs, once they set everything up, uh, adding new ones to deploy is no work at all. Whereas with the bright sign and other traditional, you know, directions, you have to configure the SD card, set up the network settings, etc. So, so we're looking to roll out this Apple TV solution very soon. We we showed it working at Infocom. We're starting our first customers that are beta testing it. We just haven't started the sales process for exactly how much it costs or how it gets bought. Let's put on the crystal ball uh, here and. Uh... Um, how do you see digital signage and web converging, and where do you see it going in the next five years? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, the main you took hours to come up with that question. That yeah, I wish I had hours know. to come up with an answer. Yes. I know. So, um, I mean, for us on our end, what we've noticed is that um, people are starting to want to do signage in uh, kind of ubiquitous ways. Uh, big screens in the hallways, little tiny 10-inch screens outside each door that shows what's happening. Um, they want to pull all the data from the web, like the calendars that they're already using, all their social media, uh, Instagram images, stuff like that, into all these things. And then they also want their web devices to be able to see the same signage. They want uh, someone to be able to open an iPod or, or iPhone or iPad or Android tablet and actually see a preview of the signage or, you know, tell the administrator, hey, you know, have this shortcut on your desktop and you can see this. So, so we've built that in, but we're starting to see that more and more. Um, what we offer for, for web display has some limitations. A preview for us doesn't include the video playback, uh, doesn't include the crawl because that's rendered locally. So, so we really do just offer the web uh, display as a preview, but we are starting to see people wanting that, that full delivery via the web. Well, so now, and, and really for all, both of you guys, 
if I'm going to hack the member mm -hmm. and I'm looking at digital signage and I'm looking to invest in digital signage now, how do I determine what is right for me? Sure. So, I mean, the biggest things are going to be usability. Uh, most digital signage systems are not actually easy for the end user to use. Our biggest advantage is that we've been doing this for 20 years and we just completely rebuilt the entire interface this last year, uh, released as Carousel 7, and everybody has said it's much easier than earlier systems and much easier to use than competing systems. Um, the, the second thing is going to be uh, the ability to, to scale the cost. Um, if you start to use it and you want to apply it in more places, making sure that the cost of adding more screens doesn't become burdensome. I think those are two big things to, to weigh. And then actually just trying it out, getting a pilot and testing it. Now you're going to you're leaving here and you're going down to Clearwater, right? Yeah, uh huh. On okay. Sunday, I'm flying down. Yep. So where can people find you when you're there? Oh, I, I'll be at the booth half the time and uh, running around the uh, Hecta conference the other half. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be at the tightrope booth. I'll have an Apple TV hooked up to a monitor, and uh, I'll probably grab a bright sign just so I can physically show off what that looks like as well. So. Excellent, excellent. Should be a lot of fun down there. Yeah, 20th really anniversary excited. for them too. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we should stuff in common, right? We'll have to celebrate. We're almost legal to drink. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There you go. Well, thanks, Daniel, Daniel Krausick mm -hmm. from Tightrope Media Systems. Also, thanks to Donald Lou from Telview Corporation. Everybody down in Clearwater, have a great time. And uh, we'll see you next time on Bars and Tone. All right. Bye, everybody.